Hey guys, this is Liz Cambage. This is Nikki Collins. What up, guys? This is Ethan Stark. Hey, this is Imani Lee Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of WNBA Nation. My name is Kyle Haywood, and I'm joined tonight by my good friend Logan Jones. Logan, how are you tonight? Hey, what's up? I'm doing okay. Uh, the sports have not been trending my way recently. Uh, the, the teams that I root for have not been successful in their endeavors. <laughs> However, I'm I'm excited to be here to talk about some women's basketball, get my mind off of all the other sports leagues. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's that's what I've found is is so much with this show. Um, you know, we we do have little biases here and there. Um, you know, we might have a, a favorite player or a favorite storyline that we're following, or you know, uh, maybe a little bit bandwagon. You know, we there's a certain player that's just popping off, and we hop onto that for a little while. But I will say, it's really nice to just talk women's basketball um, with the WNBA, and as we're going to talk tonight with an upcoming. NCAA uh, season to get really into, and I'm really stoked about that. But before we hop into all of that, Logan, what is the best way for people to contact us and interact with us? Well, you already found the podcast, and if you want to leave a five-star review, uh, <laughs> we, would, we would love to read that on the air. So go ahead, like, follow, subscribe, five-star review, read it on the air. Uh, you can we actually have us- a five-star review that we can read right oh. now. Yes. yes. This is I'm from. Not, I'm gonna stop the plugs until further notice. <laughs> this is from Try and Try Guy. I don't know if this is one of the Try Guys. Uh, that you know, apparently there was some some uh, craziness that happened with the Try Guys recently. But the title of this five star rating on Apple Podcasts is "Love It." I'm assuming it's "Love It." It's "Love I," but we think it's. I think it's "Love It." Um, it's really, it's really short and simple. But what it says is great analysis, entertaining personalities, keeps me informed. Love it. Thank you, Try and Try Guy, for that five star review. Anybody else who would like to get your uh, get your review read on air, hop on to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and drop a five star written review. We will le- read those out loud at any uh, time that those come through. But yeah, Logan, how else can they interact with us? You can also find us on Twitter at WNBNationPod. Uh, we also, when when things are not absolutely crazy, um, you can I mean you can find all these links through WNBNation.com. Um, but you're gonna want to check out that website more often uh, soon. I, I don't want to put the pressure on Kyle, but I know Kyle has <laughs> some stuff planned. I've got several wise. things releasing soon there. Um, And then he's going to put the pressure on me to start doing some writing as well because I keep meaning to and I haven't. But uh, if you go to WABNation.com, you'll be able to find all of our latest episodes, blog posts that Kyle's putting up there, our Twitch stream and the link to that, which most of the time we're doing episodes, we're going to be live streaming on Twitch, talking with the family over there. We've also got a store page, which is easiest to find through our website. But if you want to go directly to it, I think you can also go to like WABNation.com. It's creatorspring.com. You know what? You just WMBNation.com. Click, click on the store, store button. Yep. It'll take <laughs> you right easy. there. You can find all the cool merch. Get yourself a sweet backpack. Maybe a mug. It's mug season now, so you can go ahead and get a mug. Um, those are all the plugs. That's where you can find us. Love it. 
Logan, let's hop in on some news first and foremost before we we get into our main topic of the day. But um, we haven't had a chance on Mike to congratulate Team USA women's basketball for winning the 2022 FIBA World Cup. Um, but official congratulations to the Team USA there, U.S. women's basketball. Um, there was a lot of questions going into this this uh, tournament for Team USA, uh, I think they there was only, what, five or six players that were on this team that were also in the last Tokyo Olympics. So, you know, you, you never really know, but you kind of know when it comes to USA women's basketball. <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a changing of the guard, and turns out uh, these players are every bit as good as the other players were, and they just keep being the best players. But Logan... <laughs> Team USA breezing through the World Cup. Uh, I think they were winning most of their games by 40 uh, or so. They did have one game that was a little bit closer, but it was it was pretty well a uh, pretty well just a, a an easy win for Team USA. Uh, you know, you have a, a lot of great players on this team, um, but you know, with the departure of a lot of the players like. Uh, Diana Taurasi, uh, De- Elena Deladon, Sue Bird, obviously retiring. Um, you know, there was there was quite a few players who weren't around. Brittany Griner, obviously, still in Russia, unfortunately. Um, there was a lot of different players on this squad, and so it was cool to see some other younger players step up and have an opportunity to uh, compete there in the Women's World Cup, but. Any thoughts on Team USA winning the World Cup other than uh, business as usual? Uh, it really did just feel like, all right, what now? Because um, that's <laughs> like, like I, I've been, you know, we all been following the Brittany Griner story and developments there, and getting, you know, gearing up for the college season. It almost feels, and I, I feel bad because I don't want to minimize the accomplishment, but it kind of feels like the FIBA World Cup is a little bit of a footnote in the off season. Uh, just because first I feel like we're very distant from it like geographically I you know I, I don't feel like it's happening in our backyard um, but other than like the Lauren Jackson story like there just wasn't that much compelling about like it, it wasn't close enough to really even make it seem like USA got scared on the way I think they've won like 30 straight FIBA games now um, so un, until they have like a really strong challenger it's tough to get like really invested in it just because it, it kind of feels like um, I don't want to I don't want to make this I was gonna say it kind of feels like playing a bunch of exhibition games but it's like no these games do have stakes and they do matter I don't know the players care a lot mm-hmm. it's just it's I mean it's <laughs> the WNBA all-stars are I, <laughs> it's, it's not fair like I think you could probably take the Chicago Sky or the Connecticut Sun or the Las Vegas Aces, reigning champs, shout out. You could probably take those teams to the FIBA World Cup and win without too much struggle. Right. You know? So the 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 all-star version of Team USA is pretty unfair. <laughs> it really is because uh, any team that has both Brianna Stewart and Asia Wilson on it <laughs> is already kind of unfair. You could almost put whoever else out there with just those two yeah. and, and be fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I feel like all the time when we look at 
just WNBA preseason talk, or we're always like, well, wherever Stewie is playing is going to be a contender, and wherever Asia's playing, they're going to be a contender. Like, you could put them on Indiana and Atlanta this last season, and all of a sudden, Indiana and Atlanta are like, okay, like they're, they're, they're playoff teams, they're making runs, you know, just with the, with the change of those two players. But then you also have some of these, you know, some of these other players stepping up. Chelsea Gray stepped up huge. Um, and playing kind of that point guard role for uh, Team USA. But, yeah, it was a really solid performance across the board. Now, uh, for a long time, Team USA has been the dominant country with uh, Olympics, with World Cups. All across the board, they've been kind of the top dog. However, it was cool to see that there are some other teams coming along that are... uh, that that are closing that gap, I guess you could say, and I think I think two of those teams are uh, China and Japan. I think both of those both of those countries have put together some really solid squads. China has a pretty young roster right now, and they've done really well. And I think they were the ones that were the probably the most physically able to keep up with Team USA, and so I think some more development with. China could really be, um, could really be a, a maybe that next team to really push Team USA and, and potentially uh, over overcome or overtake them in like a, an Olympics or a World Cup or something like that. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, any other any other thoughts on the World Cup before we head into our next topic here? No, that's it. Lauren Jackson, thirty piece in yes! her, uh, in her bronze bronze medal performance. Shout out. We uh we will always be a Lauren Jackson and just a general Aussie pod. <laughs> Watching um, Lauren Jackson play basketball in 2022 wasn't something that I expected, but it's something that is well like very welcome in my life right now. <laughs> <laughs> we we love Lauren Jackson. Um, Logan, let's hop in to our main topic of the episode today, and that is that we have an NCAA season. Coming right around the corner here in just a couple weeks, we're going to see the first games being played in early November between you know between all of these NCAA teams. Logan, can we just can we just hop in? Let's let's take a quick little mini reflection of last last season, and then take a look ahead at maybe some of our top contenders, uh, some players to to watch out for, uh, etc. But Logan, we had a chance as a show last year to go and attend the the women's final four in Minneapolis. Thoughts and takeaways on that experience and what each of perhaps each of those four teams can look forward to as we move into 2023, the 2022, 2023 season. Um, First of all, the final four is the best. If you have an opportunity to go this year, try to make plans to do so. It was awesome. Uh, I think it's going to like officially replace our. Uh, I mean, I'd love to do both, but I think it's we, we've talked a lot about it replacing our annual uh, WNBA All Star Game trip because I think we all had such a good time. Um, and there's just there's a lot higher stakes. It's a great energy. It's fun to be in the building where all these things happen. Um, especially because by the time you get to the Final Four, you've got a bunch of W bound players that are playing on these teams. We watched Asia Wilson go out and celebrate with. South Carolina Gamecocks uh, with Don Staley uh, after they they capped it off last year. It was very fun. Um, 
the Stanford, I, I mean, it's going to be interesting this year because Stanford and South Carolina are probably going to be the two best teams to start the year again. I'm very, yeah, I'm very intrigued by a lot of the returning players that I now feel like this stronger connection to because we were able to go see a lot of them in person. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the being able to watch Louisville and UConn and Stanford and obviously South Carolina as they won it, like it was so cool to watch them all play in person and be able to catch some live games between these teams that we watch on TV all season long. But it was really fun to be able to to catch them in in action, you know, as it is here. Um, we do every once in a while have an opportunity to see some of these teams play um, in person. We've got uh, here in Utah where we live, Utah State is the closest school to us, just about 15 minutes away from where Logan and I live. Um, they usually don't bring in like your top 25 programs to play here. They've traditionally been on the lower end of a conference, which uh, of the Mountain West Conference, which is not uh, necessarily known for its women's basketball prowess. But we also have the University of Utah and BYU here within just a, an hour or two's drive. And those teams do sometimes bring in some of those top programs, especially the Utah, uh, you know, being able to head down to the University of Utah because they play in the Pac-12, and the Pac-12 just always seems to have one or two teams that are like a top three or four squad. And so it's been fun to be able to to have those programs come and play, you know, even somewhat locally for us and, and give us opportunities there. Um, but Logan... Let's talk, who who do you have your eye on heading into the 2022-2023 season? Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, let's start in the ACC. Uh, I think that's uh, there's, a, there's a debate going on on Twitter and on ESPN over whether the SEC or the ACC is the better conference this year. I don't really care which one is the better conference. It's probably the SEC. Um, I think the more interesting one is the ACC because it doesn't have South Carolina in it, which means anybody can win it. Um, you've got NC State minus Alyssa Cunane um, and a couple other major players that aren't there anymore but still supposed to be very good. You've got Louisville, who made it to the Final Four last year, and you've got Notre Dame, who's, I think, starting this year. I'll have to double-check. I think Notre Dame actually starts this year as the highest-ranked ACC team no, they they they're 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 eight just behind number seven Louisville in the preseason way too early top twenty five rankings. So they've got Louisville and Notre Dame right there as like one of these two teams is going to win this conference, and then NC State not far behind. I think they're probably yeah they got them at eleven. So uh, the battle for that conference is going to be really really interesting. Um, personally, I think I see the most promise in Louisville. Um, they are one of the teams that we were able to watch last year. Um, and I also really like Haley Van Lith. Um, she was one of the players that I think we want to see again on final four weekend this year. So, um, those are the teams that I've kind of keeping early tabs on. I think early movement in the standings is going to depend heavily on which of them kind of emerges as the front runner in that conference. Mm -hmm. Um, those are my i mean i i don't know there's like 30 teams i want to talk about so i'm going to try to group them together as best i can but that's my initial impressions of kind of these early rankings i agree i think the acc is probably one of the more competitive leagues at the top 
Um, you know, obviously the the Big Twelve is competitive, but Baylor pretty much always wins the regular Wait, season. Are there. they on like their twelfth straight? Yeah, they've, they've won, won like, twelve street titles. They've won twelve <laughs> in a row. Someone, someone step up in that. I don't have anything against Baylor. I just, I, I love Nick Collin. They're, they're a fun team to watch. Someone needs to step up and put a stop to that. <laughs> I, I don't agree. know who it's going to be. Um, I want to talk about the SEC for just a, a minute here. The yeah. SEC with hosting, you know, uh, reigning champion South Carolina. The SEC has teams like Kentucky who can at any point, like you see, take down South South Carolina. So, you know, that team's there. But the the two teams I, I'm looking at right now is um is LSU has brought in some really strong transfers. Um they've got some really really good um uh they've they've had a pretty solid recruiting class. They've got some young faces coming in. But the team that I'm most excited to watch outside of South Carolina in the SEC is Tennessee. I think Tennessee is absolutely yes. uh, the team that I that I would be watching if I were a if I were a SEC or or, or someone if if you're looking for a team to maybe upend South Carolina as the team to beat in the SEC, I think Tennessee's got to be probably your best bet there. Yeah, I think your options. Uh, are pretty limited in terms of teams that even have the potential to to do that. I think it's pretty much LSU and Tennessee, as you mentioned. Tennessee's the one that I would bet on um, if if I were forced to. I think I don't think South Carolina is going to stumble. Um, they're they're pretty impenetrable. They still have Aaliyah Boston for one more year. Um, the SEC's the best conference this year. Um, I'm sorry if that sounds familiar to the college football fans out there who are sick of hearing it, but. <laughs> It's probably true. The ACC is right there. I think one of my, I mean, since we're going by conference anyway, I think one of the most compelling uh, things that I've read recently is uh, there's differing opinions on who's going to be running the Big Twelve. Yeah, you've got you've got Texas ranked really high in the preseason rankings. You've also got Iowa State there. Um, Oklahoma is pretty good, I, or could be pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I lean Iowa State because I never trust Texas for any reason ever. But Iowa State also made the Elite Eight. By the way, they remember they got struck down by Creighton on that awesome Creighton. Oh yeah, the, uh, they went like Creighton went through Iowa and then Iowa State and then dropped. I think they finally got ousted by South Carolina. South Carolina. Yep. So. That was a uh, freaking rad. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I don't know what I think about Creighton this year, but I remember that being like kind of one of the most fun things that happened last season. So yeah, um, Texas actually holding uh, their own against Stanford even. So I get why they're ranked so high this year. Uh, maybe I do need to reevaluate my stance on them because I think they're going to try to run it back um, pretty much with everybody that they had on last year's team. Right. Um, here's... Here's something that a lot of fans have been asking. You know, I see a lot of discussion on like where does the Pac-12 sit this year. Um, obviously, back you know when the pandemic hit for March, Oregon was kind of the they were the big story. Sabrina Ionescu, you know, setting all kinds of records. Like that squad was supposed to be the the big the big name. Stanford won their title just a you know, the year before last and South Carolina did take, did take the title this last year, but 
I was looking at recruiting classes. I've, I'm obviously putting together, uh, you know, some some blog posts and some uh, podcast episodes that are going to be coming out here pretty soon about just like different classes as they've shown up in you know in in the most recent recruiting recruiting classes. Um, the Pac-12 in the 2022 recruiting class. So this year's freshmen that are coming in, the Pac-12 have seven of the top ten players going to going to <laughs> Pac-12 schools. Stanford, UCLA have the number one and number two, and then the number six, number seven, number eight, number nine, and number ten are all going to Pac-12 schools. So, uh, in fact, only one SEC school even has a. Uh, has a player in the top 10 recruiting, and that's Texas A&M with Janiah Barker. Um, so I think that the Pac-12, where maybe not this year, but give it another year or two, that Pac-12 might just be the might be the conference to watch out for. You might see, you know, two teams in the Final Four from the Pac-12, um, you know, two number one seeds in in March. Uh, come along out of the Pac-12. I think this this is some really strong recruiting classes, and the Pac-12 is recruiting very well as of late. So something to watch there. Um, obviously, Stanford's kind of the the master class there in the Pac-12 this season, but we've seen recent success again. Yeah, with Oregon, with Arizona, Oregon State. I think is a team that you got to watch for, and uh, UCLA as well. UCLA's got Kiki Rice uh, heading there. Um, they've got, they've got a really good squad. Um, some of these teams are young, but I do think that the PAC 12 is, it's, is a conference that you have to keep your eyes on. Um, I think that it's going to be a, a really deep conference to, to pay attention to. Yeah. I, I think I would consider Stanford the only true championship or bust type team, like anything less than that. They're going to be disappointed this year. Right. But the next tier down in terms of teams that are going to be around and in your bracket, and you might want to take them far next year, you're going to have Arizona. I think you're going to have Oregon, Oregon state going to be hanging around out there. Utah, uh, I think actually has a good team. They, they might flirt with being a top 25 team all year. I don't know if they're going to be able to hang around in the rankings or not. Um, but I think they're they're one to talk about, and then as you mentioned, Oregon State and UCLA, mm-hmm. um, both both interesting. So I know not as not as top heavy as an ACC or SEC, um, but that middle pack of teams, um, I expect all of them to be in the bracket doing doing interesting things. I don't think there's a I don't know I don't know if there's a group from any other conference that I'm more interested in come March than yeah. like the top six teams in the Pac-12. Um, I want to give a, a quick shout out here to uh, to Charlie Cream from ESPN.com. Um, he's put together a pretty solid. Now this came out a little while ago. This came out at the beginning of the month, October. Well, no, <laughs> October sixth. I'm thinking it's the end of October because there's been so many like Halloween decorations and Halloween costumes around. So I'm thinking Halloween's like in two days. It, this this article only came out like a week ago. All right, so Charlie Cream put together a um, a way too early top twenty five um, and has had changed a few of these standings. Um, let me just read. I, I, I want to give him a shout out. Uh, make sure that you're checking out this article. We will tweet out a link to it on our on our Twitter so you can find it there. Um, but let me just tweet out what he has as the top uh, ten teams. 
Let's go through the top 10 right now. He's got number one, South Carolina. That one's really obvious. Number two, Stanford. I, again, think that one's pretty obvious. He's got Texas up at number three, which uh, I think is is really intriguing. I think they're a really good team. Um, but they also brought in some really, really solid transfers. Um, they brought in uh, Sonia Morris from DePaul, and they also brought in, um, I can't remember, the player from BYU. Uh, Gonzalez, is it Haley Gonzalez or I can't remember. Um, but they brought in some really strong transfers into Texas. I think, uh, you know, I I think having them at three is really intriguing. Tennessee at four, Iowa at five, obviously Monica Zizano and Caitlin Clark are kind of the, the, the players to watch there. UConn drops all the way to six. I think that's almost exclusively because of the question uh, surrounding how's this team going to be without Beckers? Um, it's a, a- it's disrespectful. They'll they'll be a top four team by the end of the year. They'll, they'll be really good. <laughs> They're going to be really good. You've still got Ducharme. You've got Dorky Yuhas. Like you've got some really solid players, and they are also bringing in um, the number four and number five recruits of the 2022 class um, into the squad. So you've got uh, you got Ayana Patterson and Ice Brady who I really, really enjoyed watching in the McDonald's All-American game. Um, so uh, UConn's going to be solid. Even losing Beckers, they're still going to be really good. Um, Louisville at number seven. I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Notre Dame at eight. Iowa State at nine. And Indiana at ten. So that's what we've got um, as far as the top ten programs there. There's going to be a lot of other teams, and obviously within two weeks into the season, we're going to see a bunch of movement, and we're going to start to really kind of tell who these teams are and, yeah. and how these transfers are going to impact each of these squads. But yeah, uh, you got to remember, like, it's hard not to just look at how far teams went last season and just project that into the future. To, I mean, unless they have, like, a bunch of players that graduated and they're not coming back. Because right. we don't have a lot of added information between March and today. Right, right. Like we we don't have any uh, additional data points to base things off of. <laughs> so I suspect, like, are are there any teams that are kind of getting the press and the you know the top ten, top twenty rankings that you think are going to maybe fall out pretty quickly? Um, that's a really good question. I think there's quite a few. Um, I think there's there's quite a few question marks. Like like for example, I'm not. I'm not positive on Louisville. I still really like Haley Van Lith. Um, but, you know, they, they, they lost a couple of players, um, you know, from last season's team that made the Final Four. I could see Louisville maybe taking a little bit of a step back. Um, but I also, I, I don't know what, I never know what to think about Indiana. Um, Indiana's being billed as a, a pretty strong team, but I just, yeah. I never know what to think about them. So so last year's NC State team hung with UConn, lost by 4. But that was a one seed NC State team and UConn was the two seed in that region. Remember there's a lot of talk about whether that was okay or not. Right. Um NC State doesn't bring back a couple of the players that I think made that possible. And if you're using that logic, then you have to fade Indiana a little bit too. Indiana, a three seed in that same region, the Bridgeport region, um, slipped by Princeton, who is a really good team again this year. Um, 
didn't I, I didn't think performed as well in the tournament as we thought they would and now I think a, a, the core of that team doesn't return and I'm worried that they will go from being did you say uh cream had him at 10 yeah I, he's I got him at 10 right with, now you know, by Christmas I could see them not being in the top 20 um yeah that wouldn't necessarily surprise me the the thing with with Indiana is they're I I think they have a really high ceiling, but they also have a really low floor. They're the they're the yeah. team I think I have a lot of question marks about. I don't really know what to do with Indiana right now. So I think that there was a lot of uh, players that were really good for them in the past, but aren't going to be on the squad next year. They lost a pretty good chunk of their last season squad, but they also are bringing in some really talented players. Um, and with big moves like that big roster changes like that you never really know if that's going to pan out really well and they're going to you know uh they're really going to come together and play solid basketball or if it's going to be one of those situations where you see some you know uh, it, it doesn't gel it doesn't come together and you know all of a sudden um you know different personalities this different talents so yeah, Indiana's the one I've got a lot of questions around um, in addition to Louisville. So uh, I'm curious, what about you? Two two teams that you think are getting a lot of press that may uh, may end up having a little bit of a slide. Yeah, I think I think Indiana's a good one. Um, I'm, I don't actually have them tabbed as one that's going to slide, but in terms of high ceiling, low floor, you Maryland is a complete dice roll every year. Um, because I don't, I don't know if you're aware, Maryland's coach just goes out and gets like four grab bag players from other programs every year and, and creates like a patchwork team out of them. And sometimes it's really successful. (laughs) Like last year we saw the Terps be a really good team for most of the year. It could easily fail. I mean, you're, you're inviting a lot of variants into a locker room every year without any sort of consistency. You'll notice that the teams at the top of the rankings and the teams we expect a lot from this year have just a lot of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not continuation. They're the same. They've continuity. been playing together for a year or two. Continuity. Thank you. <laughs> wow. Which one of us is the English major? Um, <laughs> yeah. The, the Maryland just, completely throws continuity out the window and says, we just want to put talent on the floor and have them share the ball and coach them well. And it's worked for them, but it could easily go downhill in a hurry. Um, so like the risk rating for them, I think is high. Mm. Um, so in addition to the two you tabbed, um, I know Indiana, NC state, those are two of them. Um, I'm also, I think I'm still pretty in, on both Iowa teams, but I hope Creighton proves last year was legitimate. <laughs> I hope they don't just like fade into oblivion after like a deep run. Like I, I would like to see Creighton actually make a push to contend with like those two Iowa teams again. I'd agree with that. I, I think of the three of those three, I'm not positive on Iowa State. Ashley Jones obviously. <sighs> Gets That's what a ton I was of. Say, but then I remembered Ashley Jones is on that team. Okay, Ashley Jones is <laughs> is such a polarizing figure. Um, as I talk, you know, you know, as I talked last year about her and where she might go WNBA draft wise, um, and I would talk with other media uh, 
you know personnel about the the WNBA draft and where people might go. Dude, some people had Ashley Jones up at like number three, and some people had her like middle of the second round. There, she is a very polarizing player as far as what she's going to do. And man, I don't know. I'm not. Uh, I think this is probably the most potential that Iowa State has had, but potential doesn't always pan out. I think that they could be really good, um, but I'm probably feeling better about the Hawkeyes than I am the Cyclones, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I didn't have the guts. I'm I'm proud <laughs> of you for having the guts. I don't have the guts to tab Iowa State as maybe a maybe a little bit of a pretender but <laughs> in terms of big 12 it's always been baylor and then kind of everyone else but like last year that wasn't the case iowa state just a game behind baylor mm-hmm. for for the regular season standings um and then overall had an identical record they finished 28 and 7 so um anybody that you see missing from this list that you think uh, is going to be a top 25 team to watch and potentially <laughs> an even better better squad than they're getting credit right now well I've got one that I think is pretty obvious, have, but we'll I see. I have one, but I think it's I think it's bias. I think we probably just, have the same one. Then I think I just like Oregon State. Yes, a lot. Oregon State. <laughs> Oregon State's missing from this. I think Oregon State might be. They might be a top fifteen squad. All right, I feel justified then because I really believe in them, but I also <laughs> wasn't sure if it was just because I have I I grew up near there. I like the Beavers. I root for them in the Pac twelve. Um, good. I, I'm glad because I do think they have some legitimate claim to the non-Stanford championship of <laughs> Pac-12 teams. Right. Um, Stanford's still going to win that conference, but below that, I, you know, we mentioned before, but like there's a mix of Oregon, UCLA, Arizona. We probably haven't talked enough about Arizona on this episode, but I, it's because I'm not, I'm kind of lukewarm on them right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think pretty quickly Oregon State could they have an opportunity to rack up a couple good wins and get the type of attention that can get you ranked early. So I like it. Um there are exactly two teams that have um multiple top ten recruiting or recruits from this class that you know, is this freshman class coming in. There are two teams that got uh, players in the top ten. That have sorry, two teams that have two players in the top ten. You want to know who they are? Go for it. Uh, UConn and Oregon State. <laughs> awesome. So I, I I'm just saying I think I really do think that this is a, this is a squad that that could turn some heads. I think that Oregon State right now not getting any. Not getting a top twenty-five billing, I understand it, but I think they could be a team that will will catch some attention later on down the road. There's uh, another one that is ranked that I think could be ranked higher. Who's that? Um, Ohio State went on a really good run last year. Mm. Um, their their wins in the tournament include uh, they beat they were the six seed. They beat the three seed LSU pretty convincingly. They lost by three to Texas, who then hung with Stanford. That was a really, really tough region. We talked about it all last March when we were doing our like bracket episodes. We were just like, man, I don't know how you... like. You kind of have to pick Stanford, but the rest of this region is just brutal. Yes. Um, Ohio State held its own in that war zone of a region. They're currently... Let's see. I think Cream 15? has them at 17. 17? 17. Um, 
yeah, that's that's a good group. I think I would be on the lookout for them to rise up the rankings as well. Agreed. Um, we will have more content coming soon. This is just a little quick taste, a little teaser preview. Obviously, when the full uh, top 25 comes out, the official AP top 25 and coaches and everything comes out, we're going to be discussing that. Uh, be on the lookout. I've got two episodes coming soon. Um, I've got an episode that uh, is pretty much written and uh, that I'll be covering uh, here in the next few days that are 10 players to watch um, for this coming season that could declare for the WNBA draft. Um, well, basically 10 seniors. I'm going to just say 10, 10 seniors to watch this year. I may follow up that with a part two, 10 more seniors to watch, but we'll see how the first one goes. Um, <laughs> and then I'm also a part two, uh, 10 players not to watch. 10 players whoa, not to watch. Whoa. No, 10 more players to watch. Um, <laughs> and then I'll probably highlight uh, some top players from uh, other classes, you know, some like maybe my top five juniors, top five sophomores, top five freshmen to watch this year. Um, so we've got some of that content coming your way. Obviously, anything um, off-season with the WNBA, we, we keep tabs on and keep everybody updated there, um, as well as we have another episode of W History that is written and ready to go that uh, we're actually going to meet tonight as a, as a podcast, as some hosts, and, and discuss some plans for the off-season. And so be ready for some really great content coming your way. The WNBA season might be over, but that does not mean that WNBA talk and women's basketball is over for the season. In fact, we we actually enjoy these first little this first month or two after the season to get really ramped up because I feel like as soon as NCAA ball starts, it's solid all the way until the WNBA finals. Like we get this little breather You've seen a, a drop in, you know, we've only had one or two episodes since the finals. You see a little breather from us, but we ramp right back up and uh, and and more content's going to be coming your way. So stay tuned. Uh, Logan, any last thoughts before we take off? I think that's pretty much it. Um, we will be obviously doing podcasts throughout the off season and the college basketball season. Um, as Kyle's mentioned several times, WNBAnation.com. We have a blog. There's going to be some written content on there. I'm thinking maybe we could even put together, uh, I, I, we'll talk about it tonight during our little business planning session, but maybe a W pod uh, or way too early top 25 list. Um, I think that, I mean, that would we be essentially fun. just whip together all the candidates on this episode. So um, we're, we're going to be dipping our toes more into those waters in the in the months ahead to keep you guys informed and entertained, as our most recent five-star review put it. Um, that's the goal. So any any suggestions that, that you have for us that could make things more exciting for you, um, especially uh, when it comes to reflecting on last year's tournament and making sure we get the right teams um, in the, <laughs> the right games in our memories, um, make sure to keep, uh, keep us in check over... Uh, WNBA Nation Pod, that is the the Twitter handle, um, and that's where the conversation happens. Yep, that's often. the best way to get in contact so with us. us All right, well, Logan for WNBA Nation, I'm Kyle Haywood. I'm Logan Jones, and we got you next time.